Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I'm John Mark. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. Yes, sir. Here we go again. Yep. Uh, round two for today. A uh, nice Tuesday. <laughs> I don't really know if you should tell people hey, that it's the second one that you okay, recorded well, for the day. John's like, I don't know if you should I don't tell know people the that we're recording the day before it's supposed to air. I don't know if you <laughs> yeah. should tell people we're recording to get ahead. Yeah, well, like our, guest, people, our guest today was like, are you going to send me an outline or something? And I said, obviously you don't listen because you know we have no order yeah, or yeah. organization to I'm what we're doing. You. So what today we do have a guest though. What do you, th- do you think our listeners are judging us? Probably, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm sure like, I wish, ago, I wish those be. guys would get their act together. <laughs> yeah. Um, today we have uh, a friend of ours, Matt Martin. No relation by blood to John Martin. Golly, do you see how quick he said that, Matt? Well, well, but I'm definitely the better looking Martin. <laughs> That's right. We could say other things about you too, but we won't say those things. Uh, <laughs> Matt is uh, a friend of ours that uh, we've, we've known uh, for a little while and uh, spent a couple of days with Matt a few weeks ago at a, at a pastor's conference together. So uh, we, we've invited Matt on today to talk to us about addiction. We'll get into it in just a moment. But first, Matt, uh, just if you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, where you are, even where you're, uh, where you've served, if you want to, and then we'll get straight into addiction. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, my name is Matt Martin. I am the associate pastor for discipleship and young adults here at First Baptist Church, Natchez, in the big thriving metropolis of Natchez, Mississippi. <laughs> and uh, been here now, going on three years, and previously served as senior pastor for. County Line Baptist Church over in Jones County, and I was again there for about uh, five years before coming over here to Natchez. Yeah, have a wife. That's correct, Melanie Martin, uh, my wife. I've got four children: Bailey, Ella, uh, Matthew, and Matthew Jr. and John Landon. John, John Martin, good John job Martin, one, and, and we spelled it J O H N. So, <laughs> yeah. See, John used to have it. Uh, j-o-h-n and then he was like you know what get that h out of here so uh, <laughs> yeah he couldn't you know. afford the h and so he just spelled it with j-o-n uh, that's it uh, me all right leave that one alone <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's it uh, good deal uh, so, so matt you are a southern grad and uh working currently on your phd at mid-america and uh, particularly in addiction right that's right uh phd in biblical counseling and specifically um, working, uh, writing about in the field of addictions and biblical counseling view of addiction and what that looks like and how churches can be equipped to minister to those who are struggling with addiction and, and, and issues like that. Yeah, so I'm always interested in, in the, uh, the study topics that people pick uh, in doctoral programs. So what kind of led you, uh, I, I know you're interested in, in counseling, but what kind of what led you to uh, addiction in general? Great, great question. Uh, so I started... Uh, I've always felt the Lord wanted me to go back to school and do uh, some kind of doctoral degree. So I've had that in the back of my mind. Well, when I went to Jones County to pastor, I just was met head on with addiction uh, from people in the community. And Mm -hmm. I grew up not really dealing with people that struggled with addictions. I didn't really know anything about that. Mm -hmm. And it really burdened my heart for the community. I wanted to see people's lives change for the gospel. I wanted to see people growing in their relationship with the Lord. And so it's, that's what kind of started the um, studies in addiction. And then which led me to, I was already doing and already enjoyed biblical counseling. 
uh, and wanted to pursue a PhD in biblical counseling. So that led me to that particular field mm -hmm. uh, and then biblical counseling and addiction. And then I ran across a guy, wonderful, wonderful man who has already done some head work in this. His name is Mark Shaw. And so I, I called him up and emailed him back and forth and, and even got him to come speak at my church and just read all of his books. He's a biblical counselor who is in, he was at, um, faith church in, in Lafayette, Indiana. And then now he's at, uh, in, um, Florence, Kentucky as a associate pastor there and, and working with biblical counseling and, and things there at Grace Fellowship. And it's been really good. So it, that has worked out really well. Yeah. You know, I think we, we all can, uh, kind of understand you go into Jones County, you're kind of overwhelmed with addiction. I think all of our communities probably have an, an overwhelming part of the population yep. that struggles with addiction of mm -hmm. some sort, may not be drugs and alcohol, but uh, addictions, of course, go a lot deeper than just uh, drugs and alcohol. Sure. Uh, and, you know, even in, in my family, my family has had addiction uh, issues. And uh, even in my church, we've had some uh, struggles with those addictions those addictive attitudes that people have, you know, and, and that brings up, I think a really good, very practical question for, for pastors out there that are listening. And that is, you know, what's the best way for churches to approach addiction? So do you believe it should be uh, preached against from the pulpit? Should we be involved in biblical counseling or 12 step programs? What, what can the church do very practically to help those in our communities that are struggling with addiction? Sure. Well, first thing I would say is number one, don't be afraid. You know, yeah. Don't be afraid to reach out. I know mm. at times that addiction can be a very scary world at times because you don't really know what people are going to do when they're drunk or when they're high or, or what their mm. reaction is going to be. So sometimes we can get scared to want to help those people. But once we try to do that, I have, uh, as I've studied through God's word and have, and, done my own personal studies and in, in this particular field, I realized that the church does have answers mm -hmm. to the problem of addiction. Mm -hmm. and, and you can, you can go to 12 step um, programs, you can go to treatment facilities and do all of those things, but the church can be equipped to preach the gospel and to minister to those who are struggling with a, an addiction just by dealing with them in, in a gospel centered way, by preaching the gospel to them and opening up their uh, facility to reach out to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's good. And I think part of that is really, uh, I guess the struggle with the church is understanding the nature of addiction uh, you know, I know there's been a lot of uh, psychological work on this, uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of work and and counseling on this of of where does addiction come from, um, and so I, this is why we got you on here because we know you've studied this and found the answer. Uh, so, <laughs> so what would you say the nature of addiction is? Absolutely. Well, you know, when you again study from the world's perspective, and I I want to be very very charitable. To, to what I'm about to say, I, you know, I've got dear brothers and friends who are in the addiction world who are, you know, working with uh, secular treatment centers or, or secular um, um, uh, counseling and doing all those things. So I want to be very charitable, but I, as I've studied, you know, I've studied genetic theories of addiction, biological theories of addiction, whether addiction is a disease or not a disease. I've studied addiction as a choice, whether it's a choice or not. And 
all of those three secular models are not in agreement. There's never been a genetic uh, genes that are been found that have been associated with addiction. They think that there are, but there's never been one found uh, with the choice model that falls short because they, I really believe they offer no hope in their solution. Uh, it's really just behavior modification. And then the disease theory of an addiction, I mean, really no hope in that because there's currently no medication, nothing able to cure an addiction uh, from these secular models. That's why I'm personally, as I've studied God's word and studied this issue, I believe addiction is a habit with life dominating behavior. Mm -hmm. So just addiction is a habit. It's an action. Uh, the Bible would label it sin. It would be an idolatrous behavior. If you think about an object like a cube or a diamond, it's a three-dimensional object, but it's got different facets. So I think of that like addiction, you know, you've got one side that's idolatry. You've got another side that, you know, has all these different things about it that, that emotions that go with an addiction, habit, uh, life dominating behavior, all you know, you've got different sides of that uh, three dimensional object that I think is a good illustration from a biblical perspective of an addiction. Yeah. So I think, I think that's real helpful, obviously, but it's, it's especially helpful for the pastor out there because the pastor out there uh, can, I think, get overwhelmed with trying to figure out the science of an addiction and, and to come up with some way to help his congregation. And, and in essence, what you're saying is, is what the pastor can do most of all is share the hope of the gospel mm -hmm. in the midst of biblical counseling sessions. And so um, as That's before right. we go any further, I, I'd like to hear, you tell us what biblical counseling is. Cause I think there's there, I think there's maybe some confusion out there, you know, where everybody that goes to your church thinks pastors are counselors, right? And sure. we're not licensed, <laughs> licensed practicing counselors. That's correct. Uh, so what is a biblical counselor and uh, how is biblical counseling practiced in the church? Sure. Well, biblical counseling, just really simple is dealing with people's issues, real people, real problems, real issues, uh, handling them in a biblical way. And so many times, even growing up, I've heard the, um, the advice to refer out, refer out, refer out to the professionals. And, and I get that. I really do. I, I get that. Sometimes, as I just said, it can be really overwhelming to handle people and their problems because problems are messy. They're mm -hmm. yucky. Just it's like spaghetti. I mean, they just, I mean, it's just one issue leads to another, but really biblical counseling says that we have all that we need to counsel someone about how to live in a right relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus in, in John's gospel in chapter 17 talks about sanctifying his people with truth and God's word is truth to do that. And I think who, who is best capable of being able to minister God's truth to people who are struggling with life's problems? Pastors, you know, uh, ministers, those who have been equipped, and not just pastors, but even lay people that have been equipped to do that. And when I say equipped, um, getting biblical training, whether it's through seminary or through uh, uh, ACBC would be a group that, that certifies lay people for biblical counseling. But I just say, don't be afraid to, you know, work with people in their problems, no matter how messy they are. 
Yeah, and I'll say, you know, I, I think you hit this at the very beginning. Um, people are messy, period. Right. People with addiction, for some reason in our minds, we have are even messier. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when you involve yourself in a discipleship relationship with someone that's struggling with addiction, it is a hard and it can be a, a messy work for us. And so I, I appreciate the, you know, the encouragement, do it. You know, right. he, he, mm -hmm. even if it's going to be hard, do it because that's, that's right. That we, that's a church. We've got to reach out to those people. Yeah. And I think you, you know, you mentioned in your, in your definition, you connected, um, you connected addiction with idolatry. And I think that's, uh, that's powerful too. And then, uh, what, what did you say? It was, it was, uh, it was behave. It was sin that leads to, uh, life dominating behavior, life dominating behaviors. And I think that's a good word. Uh, and often we think that uh, life-dominating behavior should be able to be changed overnight. Mm. Uh, and often addiction is not changed overnight. It's a long process. And so if it's a life-dominating behavior, it may take a lifetime of people coming around and uh, pressing people toward the, the gospel uh, to help overcome those things. Um, and so that's, you have to kind of be in it for the long haul. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And it's not, it, it, you've got to realize it's not an issue that's going to be fixed overnight. I mean, you know, we, we know as pastors, I mean, when someone comes to our office and they're struggling with a particular issue, you know, I hope that our goal is not to slap a Band-Aid on them and, and get them out of the mm -hmm. office. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just have a heart for people and I want to help them who are struggling. And, and sometimes that takes weeks. I mean, it may take years. I, I spent a year and a half with a guy that I discipled. And I mean, just what a wonderful relationship, you know, just being able to pour God's truth into him. And, and I, I'll never forget that he, one day I, I, I was either tired or something had happened. I know I missed a week before. And I think I, I said, I, I need to miss another week. And, and he got angry with me. was like, why are we missing? I enjoy this. And I used to invite him over to my house on Tuesday nights. He would eat with my family. We would have supper together. And I'm telling you, some of the most fruitful conversations that that I've ever had. I mean, just a wonderful hmm. opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, uh, there's, a, there's an old hymn um, called, Hast Thou Heard Him, Seen Him, Known Him? And it's talking about... Uh, the ideas of idolatry and how they captivate the heart. Mm. Uh, and uh, what, what my favorite, favorite verse in the song says, what can strip the seeming beauty from the idols of the earth? Not a sense of right or duty, but the sight of peerless worth. And I think that's really the heart of biblical counseling is that um, right and duty can only go so far. Fear can only go so far. Um, behavior change can only go so far. Those things are good and we want to, we want to uh, emphasize them, but emphasizing those things without the sight of peerless worth, uh, the peerless worth of Christ is going to fall short. Absolutely. And, you know, don't we tell our church this very same thing, maybe not in addiction per se, but, but we tell our church, we just don't want, we just don't want to modify behavior, right? right. We just mm -hmm. don't want, you know, you to be a good citizen. Yeah. We want you to be changed mm -hmm. from the inside out. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the idea of biblical counseling, whether you're dealing with addiction or anything else, it's a process of change. And then the outside mm -hmm. comes reflective of what's going on in the inside. Yeah, absolutely. And I think using biblical language helps. Uh, I don't think it hurts the process in any way, you know, whether it's disease choice or genetics from a secular view, you know, from a biblical view, it's, it's sin. Uh, whether we talk about recovery from a secular point of view, well, biblically transformation mm -hmm. is the way, you yeah, know, mm -hmm. um, self-help groups or 12-step programs. 
uh, from a secular point of view versus discipleship groups or Sunday school or getting involved in a life group or whatever yeah. your church calls it. I mean, that to me, because you want to be able to come at a person, you know, from all areas of, of or all, you know, all ways, I guess, or all areas of mm -hmm. life to try to disciple them and help them get back on the right track. And I just can't think of a better place to do that than the church. Yeah, you know, I think one of the one of the issues we have with dealing with addiction in the church is is that twelve step programs have put some handles on the situation. So they 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 kind of have some you know these are things you need to walk through. Here's some practical things that you can do in order to help someone lead through addiction. And to be honest with you, we don't know how to do that in the church. Mm -hmm. there, there's no handles, you know. There's no uh, there's no program that we can say, hey, oh, you have an addiction. Oh, well, here's the, here's the program you need to walk through, right? So, and since we can't get our hands on it, sometimes we avoid it. And it's to the detriment of those that are addicted and to the church, I think. Yeah. Right. And I, I mean, I, I just heard a podcast this week and I think it's so true. You know, when you get in trouble, uh, get picked up by the cops and you, you go to, you go to uh, the judge and the judge is going to say, if you, if you got caught, uh, whether it's a DUI or, or drugs or whatever, they're going to tell you, they want you to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. Yeah. Yeah. They want, they want you to find 90 12 step programs, mm -hmm. you know, meetings and go to those. That's, that's part of the, the treatment for them. Yeah. Well, guys, what if they had to go to 90 church meetings in 90 <laughs> days? I mean, you know, you know, that would be amazing. You don't want to talk about transformation. At least I hope the gospel would be shared. Yeah. You know, I would hope that there would be opportunities to, um, you know, talk with them. So, you know, if the church can get involved, I feel like we're not involved enough. We could yeah, be involved yeah. more. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's tough. You know, even at our church right now, we're uh, we're talking through this. Uh, we're talking through this idea of how we can begin some type of uh, program or encouragement discipleship idea for those in our church that are uh, suffering with uh, addiction. And uh, and I want to get your opinion on this. One of the guys who has been through rehab and. Uh, he attends a 12-step program uh, consistently. Uh, he's concerned about having the 12-step program or having the, the, the meeting at the church. He wants to find somewhere else to have it. Mm. And uh, it kind of breaks my heart that his opinion of the church is, hey, if we're going to invite these people in, they're probably not going to come to the church first. Mm, yeah. They're, they're going to want to meet in a building downtown. Right. And, right, uh, right. and I think that's a pretty common thing. But, man, what a what a sad declaration toward the church that is. Absolutely. And you and I'm not sure what your experience is with that um, exactly, but my experience has been usually because they feel judged in some way mm -hmm. about yeah. coming. And that if, if someone, you know, someone may not want to come to a church to – do those 12 step programs. But, you know, I, I did, I, mine was not court ordered or anything. When I did a 12 step program for um, some guys at the church I was at in Jones County, uh, I just decided to do it. I just basically used the 12 steps as a diving board. I really mm -hmm. didn't focus a lot on the 12 steps. I just kind of took what each step was. And then I, I just did my own biblical stuff and Bible yeah. study stuff during that time. But that kind of grew out of word of mouth. You know, that, that didn't exactly go, I mean, there was basically word of mouth that brought guys there. And I think, I think that can be overcome mm -hmm. with, you know, positive uh, encouragement from people that are leaving and just the discipleship and just, you know, they need to know you love and care about them, mm -hmm. yeah. even though they're in the midst of this struggle. Yeah. You know, they feel abandoned by people. They mm -hmm. feel like no one loves them. They feel like no one cares for them. 
And I think it's funny because they don't want to come to church because they'll feel judged, but in the sense, they just made a judgment about the church. You know, they don't want to feel judged, but then they're judging us for judging them. (laughs) So I I just, I do find that funny. Yeah. 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 And, and I think, you know, the church can do it. There's a way to, uh, Mark Shaw, the guy I just mentioned, is coming out with a program, I believe, this year. And he's already got a wonderful, um, wonderful group of, of, of pastors and counselors called the Addiction Connection. They're all associated with one another, very godly, gospel-centered guys that are doing that. And he's trying to come out with a program that churches can use that's biblically based mm. and is a biblical counseling uh, approach to addictions in the church. Yeah, that's good. I think I think there are lots of uh, missing resources, and uh, that would that would fill a great gap for us. I think. And I think sure. you've mentioned a few. Um, you just just then, but also AB. Uh, what's what's it? AB. ACBC. ACBC. Yeah. So, ACDC. ACBC. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, not to be confused with ACDC. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so ACBC. Uh, ACBC Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, formerly known as NANC, uh, Nuthetic. NANC? NANC. N A N NANC. N A N C. ACBC is better than NANC. I will say that. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think they made the right call there. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, based on the uh, Greek word nuthateo to admonish or to confront. Look at you throwing some Greek okay, out. Yeah. Okay. Watch out. Yeah. Well, look out. Look out. I used a Greek word. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Uh, but maybe what are some other resources that uh, could benefit pastors or church members in dealing with uh, and dealing with addiction, whether it's books or podcasts or anything that would maybe help them? Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, first podcast, you know, I, I just uh, would building a relationship with uh, Dr. Mark Shaw there. I, I think he'd be a wonderful person to listen to. He's got a podcast. Uh, it's the addiction connection. So you can subscribe to that and listen to his. He actually does a wonderful uh, interaction with the 12 steps on mm-hmm. that podcast. So that's good. Uh, author wise, he's written some books, the heart of addiction. It has a workbook with it. He's also written a book uh, called relapse. Mm-hmm. He's got a, which is a workbook. He's got a 90, uh, I don't, I forgot the days, but he's got a, a devotional cross talking. Uh, and then for those who have, uh, who are family members, you know, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're not addicted to alcohol or drugs, you know, your son is, or your dad is, or your uncle, or so yeah. he wrote a book called divine intervention that kind of helps families. Yeah. And then Ed Welch has a book called Addictions uh, Banquet in the Grave, which is another one, a biblical counselor, uh, CCEF uh, guy who wrote that. So there's some, there's some books out there on addiction. Some would be better than others, uh, <laughs> but I, I would definitely trust those resources to those who are listening. Yeah, I think Joyce Myers wrote a good book on addiction. What do you think about that? <laughs> you affirm that or we put that on you? Uh, I heard it one time say that is not in my area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Hey, so what is, uh, what is the title of your, of your dissertation? Oh goodness gracious. Uh, let me take a, a, a big, uh, deep breath here. Uh, it is, um, let's see, counseling substance abusers by the means of the high priestly ministry of Jesus in the book of Hebrews, a biblical counseling hermeneutic. Ooh, Watch it. Man. Okay. 
Well, in the academic world, you know, you got to spice it up a little bit. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You got to have You got to have at least a full sentence as a title, right? right? And, and, and a colon has got to be in there somewhere. Oh, it's got to be. If you don't yeah. have a sub a subtitle there, you, I mean, you're, what are you doing? Yeah, that's that's correct. That's correct. They love those long titles. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, well, as we uh, kind of wrap up here, we wanted to uh, ask you kind of what you're reading. I know uh, John has informed you that if you're not reading something to kind of just make it up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I know you're reading a dissertation right now. I am. I, I would say yes. <laughs> well, uh, I've read, a, of course, I've read a lot of books on addiction over the last uh, few months. Uh, but currently, um, reading right now, a, a Lifting Up for the Downcast, a Puritan paperback by William Bridge, which has been good. It's kind of um, from a Puritan standpoint of, uh, of uh, oh, uh, oh, well, dang it, the word just left me. Uh, <laughs> assurance, that's it. Christian, having Christian assurance. Yeah. And then uh, Lloyd-Jones has got a book out called uh, Merciful and Faithful High Priest, which mm. is some of his sermons in the book of Hebrews. And then, I mean, uh, got to be a New York Times bestseller, Introducing Logic and Critical Thinking. It's a textbook, which mm. I love to nerd out on those things. <laughs> and, then, um, and then, of course, I'm reading a couple other addiction books as well. Yeah, good, good. Well, we're not going to say what we're reading because uh, we've said it three times. So we uh, that's that's correct. Just we, listen guys, last I'm just, week. I'm just proud of you that you're reading. That's yes. exactly right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We interviewed Brian Tillman earlier and uh he did have to make some things up. He Actually, did. he went the route of I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't question him, but I'm not so sure audiobooks count. <laughs> But he, he's listening to a book. That's a real that's a real battle now within uh, yeah. within the reading circles. Are audiobooks counted as reading? Yeah. And, as uh, a matter of fact, he said, I'm listening to this one and I'm reading this one on my Kindle. And I'm uh-huh. thinking, ooh, I don't know either one of those things work. Yeah, yeah. He's a I, new age reader. New age <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Reading that new age stuff. I, I don't know so. about that. Well, maybe not, yeah, maybe not the not the genre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Matt, I appreciate you being on with us and uh, sharing with us a few minutes. We may come back to this topic again sometime because I think there's a lot to explore, even in the biblical counseling area itself. We could spend some time talking about that and then addiction too. So uh, I'm grateful absolutely. for you. Appreciate you. Yes, thank thanks you guys. for being here. Um, we appreciate all of our listeners for joining in. If you uh, enjoy our podcast, p- please like, rate, and review us on iTunes. And we will see you next week. Until then, keep loving your imperfect church. And remember, one day she will be perfected in glory.